Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. everyone and welcome to the words and nerds podcast i'm author louise bassett and i'm hosting this takeover episode with author jackie byron but first a big thank you to danny v remarkable danny v for letting us take over this episode uh jackie is the author of happy hour which is her debut novel and she'll be chatting to me about my debut novel the young adult novel the hidden girl So I've known Jackie for a number of years. We've written in locked rooms together, but strangely never read each other's works until it was in print, which is a bit bit odd really, but quite satisfying in its way. So Jackie, do you want to say a few words before we get get down to business? No, just uh, hi guys, Um, guys and gals and everyone. Um, And thanks Danny too. I'm uh, so excited with to see the hidden girl come finally to bookstores and uh yeah I, I hope really a lot of people do um crack the spine and give it a read because it's a very very entertaining and um uh nerve wracking not nerve wracking but tension it's exciting it's a page turner so uh yeah let's go for it so can we start with um you telling us a little bit about the book sure. yeah. what do you think yeah what do you think? I think that's a good idea. Okay. Um, so The Hidden Girl, as I was saying, was a young adult novel. It's a mystery crime novel and it's set in inner city Melbourne and in Indonesia. So it's the story of Malati Nelson, a 16-year-old who's hidden her delinquent past at her new school. But when she discovers a life-threatening secret in another girl's stolen diary, she's got a basically put herself on the on the line and deciding whether she's going to act and seek justice for this other girl and put her own life at risk in the process it's um it's a pretty uh exciting and sort of um meaningful kind of um journey that she goes on and um adventure how difficult is it doing things because, I mean, it's not a spoiler, they actually say on the back of the um, mm-hmm. book that it's um, it involves um, trafficking of people. How difficult is it getting uh, that sort of topic through into a, a YA audience? Is that is that a tricky thing to do? I think what I tried to bear in mind when I was writing about it was yeah, firstly, to treat young adult um, audiences as, you know, respect, respecting their intelligence, not dumbing it down, the issue, so being quite um, 
realistic as much as I could in the portrayal of um, child trafficking within the novel. And, um, yeah, so really respecting their intelligence and kind of right to know about that sort of information and, and issue, but also treating it with sensitivity, not, not being overly graphic or gratuitous in any of the portrayals of that issue and also trying to bring a bit of hope to the issue as well. So it's sort of a, a bit of a, a balancing act there of um, being real um, about the topic but treating it with sensitivity and respect for the audience's intelligence. I think sometimes there's pressure to, you know, maybe dumb down issues a little bit but I think with this readership they'll be onto that straight away and they'll they'll pick up on that and you'll lose them and I wouldn't want to do that anyway. So, yeah, a bit of a balancing act, I would say. Yeah. How old is Malati, the main character? Sixteen. She is 16. And so, I mean, Walker Books, who you've published through, are very experienced in this um, age group and so forth. How Do they normally imagine that the readers will be a little bit younger? Yeah, I think often if your protagonist is, say, about 16, then your ideal reader might be around 14 or something like that because people tend to look upwards for their peers. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, young adults got a complicated readership anyway because, you know, some of the studies I've seen from the US, it's about half the audience is an adult audience as well for it. So Yeah, um, well, you and I have both read lots of great YA. I mean, and I'm a little bit over 16. I also Um, read all the Harry Potters and I was shockingly too old to be doing that business. But anyway. um, It's no spoiler to say I'm over 16 as well. (laughs) I've enjoyed a lot of young adult fiction in my time. So, yeah, but I think. When you were writing The Hidden Girl, did you, did you start out thinking I'm going to be writing a YA book or you were just telling a story? Like when do you realise that you're writing a YA book? How does that work? I'm trying to remember now. Um, yeah, sometimes you impose a bit of a story on top of what actually happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as I can. What do you reckon I, happened? Yeah. I was at RMIT University and I was doing a professional writing and editing course, which a lot of people have done. Um, and I first came across young adult fiction as a, a subject then and found I really enjoyed it. It really appealed to me and I could sort of tap into my teenage self pretty readily. So I did have young adult um, as in mind when I started with this idea. So and that kind of really emerged from, yeah, having my interest in young adult fiction peaked when I was starting at RMIT right so it flowed on from that but yeah yeah quite a few things coming together coming together in my mind if you know what I mean a few like different tentacles yeah <laughs> that's quite a mind <laughs> a, a um, squid mind um and um with this book like it, obviously it's set in Melbourne but then there's also uh, a lot of it is also set in Indonesia. Why, I mean, and to me, which is a great point of difference and um, an unusual edge to this book, which I think makes it even more interesting, why, why Indonesia? Where did that all come from? 
That came from my personal experiences living and working in Indonesia. I used to be an international aid worker and I had a long-term posting in Indonesia and I found it, yeah, a really remarkable country, country I, I loved, um, endlessly fascinating. And when I got back from that, I, I did find, you know, trying to relate my experience to people who hadn't been there or hadn't experienced it, they'll sort of listen, nod politely and like, Oh, that's nice. Um, so I think that sort of planted the seed of wanting to really show people what being there is like um, or what's like for me, um, give them a sort of visceral, virtual experience of it. But also given the topic I'm dealing with here, you know, um, Indonesia is a good setting for that, even though it's a global issue, but because of the relationship between Indonesia and Australia, um, I wanted to, I hadn't really seen any young adult fiction that featured Indonesia, so I was keen to sort of convey that and bring that in as well. So it's sort of surprising and curious in a way, you know, given how many connections there are between Indonesia and Australia, that there's not more of that. So yeah, that was something I had a personal interest in and, yeah, was pretty passionate about Indonesia and um, my experience there. But also I actually met women there who were survivors of trafficking and heard some of their stories when I was working with human rights activists and NGOs. And I think sometimes you hear people's stories and they just really sink in quite deeply into your subconscious mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it so um and then when it comes to writing sometimes these stories come out not that it was their stories specifically but you know it's had an impact on you personally and then at a later date it sort of bubbles up in your writing so yeah it was a number of factors coming together that's interesting too because I imagine you would have been quite young when you were doing that aid were you like in your 20s I am briefly, but I did turn 30 there. Right, yeah, but, that you know, the older I get, the yeah, younger yeah. it seems. Because on the yeah. back also, no spoiler, um, it does say that it's um, a, a book that explores privilege, responsibility and other things. But um, the privilege side of things, that's a really interesting topic for young people now. Like to be, that's a topic that, you know, has sort of come to um, common parlance, whatever, in the last decade. So to be talking to yeah. teens about that was was that an interesting topic for you? Was that was that of interest to you? Like because you must have mm -hmm. been quite shocked with some of the stories you heard. Was that part of it trying to get across these other lives to our hopefully very well looked after young you know Australian kids? I think it was yeah trying to depict stories outside of you know, the immediate environs of the characters here and show that broader world and broader concerns. And it wasn't necessarily like I thought, oh, I'm going to focus on privilege. But I think, you know, when you, you're featuring characters who, in, who are in very different socioeconomic circumstances, that comes up anyway. Mm -hmm. And it definitely did for me when I was living and working there. Like it, it causes a lot of, I guess, rumination at times and conflicts for you trying to think some of that through mm. and grapple with that and there aren't kind of easy answers um but yeah I did like the idea too of having you know a 
a young adult character who didn't have superpowers. It's not a, you know, yeah. it's not of the fantasy genre or superhero genre, but she's caught in this extraordinary situation and needs to figure out what she can do about it and what her responsibility is within that situation. So I guess, yeah, that individual responsibility to act and seek justice, yeah, something that definitely interests me. And I think a lot of the teenagers I know and have met over time got a really strong sense of justice. So I think they're a great audience to write for. Um, particularly with crime or or mysteries because that sense of justice is so kind of heightened in those years. Sometimes it gets a bit more dull as people age, not always, Um, and you hope not, but I think, yeah, it's particularly accentuated then. Well, she, I mean, but that's, Milani is such a great character in so many ways. She's she's, um, an underdog in some ways. She has a very strong moral compass. She's very brave. I mean, I don't, like, because when we talk about privilege, it's not like it's preachy in the book and she's constantly sitting there, you know, ruminating over privilege. Like she just, she's just, it's just stitched into her. Um, and she's also, um, yeah, as I said, very brave. What went into creating that character? Oh, well, thanks for saying that, Jackie. That's good to know she resonated with you. Um, I think the real key was I saw her. a lot of me in her. I saw a lot of her in me. <laughs> <laughs> I was a 15-year-old, 16-year-old underdog. Go yeah. on. <laughs> um, still the underdog. Um, I think the key to her character for me was her backstory. So once I worked out she had a few things to live down in her past and, had, you know, made some poor decisions and, yeah, sort of had brushes with the law and all of that and felt quite shamed as a result of it. That gave me a lot to work with, with her character. And then also the idea that she's faking it a little bit at her new school, like pretending to be something she's not, like that creates a lot of tension to work with. So, yeah, and, I mean, some of it's probably my fixation in the past, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like I always love a flawed heroine but like I said I didn't want one with superpowers but I wanted that you know you're in an extraordinary situation but you're a relatively normal human being what are you going to do about it so and I think in her case yeah sort of her sense of justice and her courage and determination um and sort of her flaws really are the other side of that you know like being overly impulsive and sometimes taking action that's a bit bit dangerous but it's it's kind of really her journey to work out how to use her powers for good not evil yeah in a way how to be constructive with that need for adrenaline that need for a bit of action and adventure and excitement um versus being really destructive and you know getting and when to ask for help when to trust people yeah um yeah um, did you have to um because there's like there's um, are they federal police here that get involved in the mm-hmm. Did you interview federal police? Like how did that all work? I didn't interview federal police, but I've worked a lot um, in the past with federal police right. and, and state police. But, yeah, because I work in community justice now locally in Melbourne. So, yeah, and I trained as a lawyer, like qualified as a lawyer as well. So I kind of know my ins and outs of who deals with what so 
that's very helpful when it comes to research for these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, the federal police deal with trafficking because it's you know under seen as an international issue, so yep. it comes in their jurisdiction. So, I mean, yeah, honestly, if you're if you're listening to this and you're looking to buy, if you can't tell that this is an exciting, unusual book for teens. Um, then I'm not doing a good job because it's also there's there's that stuff going on. There's her race to help the young woman who she's discovered is in this awful situation over in Indonesia. But then there's then there's just standard school stuff um, and the politics and the mechanics of school and the insecurities, a possible burgeoning romance. Um, possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't know if there's a question in there, but it's like, is it hard? Was it hard to get that balance together of like just keeping her sixteen-year-old reality, Mali uh, Malati life going, and these other sort of, you know, more dramatic things happening? I think the hardest things always to stay within the mind of a 16-year-old and your 16-year-old self and keep checking in mm. around that and that you're not then imposing an adult view or mm. something that's not credible for a teenager, even if they're fairly extraordinary in some ways. Um, so it's really checking around that and particularly the language, you know, and that was a big focus in the editing. But yeah. I think, yeah, you know, even um, people who can be a bit heroic are going to have the ordinary stuff of life that they've got to deal with. So, mm. yeah, um, so those other subplots were important, I think, for her as well. I mean, yeah, the friendship she has, maybe a burgeoning romantic interest, not wanting to um, give Sorry. a spoiler there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's someone who can support and assist as well with the sort of the main plot around um, um, trying to help this young woman in the terrible situation um and yeah other things that get in the way of trying to do that you know when you you still got to complete exams and get through school and yeah down your class while you're trying to do this other major extracurricular stuff you um so. you just mentioned language then um and obviously your characters are predominantly young adults in the book um how did you tackle the language and, and feel of this age group um and did you tap into, like, yes, you tapped into stuff from your own um, youth, mm-hmm. but then how did you make sure that, you know, they didn't sound like they were talking back in the 80s or whenever you were a youth in the 90s? Yeah, I did find that initially my language was very set in the 90s, which at the time I started writing this wasn't that fashionable, but it's become a bit more fashionable with Stranger Things and all of that. But yeah, I'm, I've got teenage, well, they were teenage stepsons. They, they're now adults. Um, so I did check in with them quite often, not just around the language, but what they thought of particular issues, you know, how they'd react to it. And also friends, teenage children, checked with them. And the editor very conveniently had two teenagers um, as well at the time she was editing the book. So, yeah, she'd often check with them. So yeah, there's kind of like an unofficial research focus group you're consulting yeah. with while you're writing these. And Peanut gallery, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hope that the... editor gives her kids uh, some pocket money or something for all this, some of your amazing <laughs> royalties. 
Sarah and the acknowledgements. Oh, I don't mind. <laughs> Hey, you um only recently talking about Indonesia, you uh not only um released your first book, but you were straight off to Ubud to the Writers Festival, start at the top, start as you mean to continue. What was that like? It was a wonderful festival. So yeah, for people who aren't familiar with that, the Ubud Writers and Readers Festival been running like quite a long time now, and this is the first time they'd been back since COVID. And yeah, it's what was it three or four day festival? You have authors from all over the place, um, a lot of journalists as well as featured speakers. Really diverse programming. I mean, everything from shadow puppetry workshops for young children through to your more standard literary panels and author interviews, um, some poetry slams, all sorts of stuff in the most amazing, beautiful settings and and venues. It was, yeah, it was really great speaking there. I felt very honoured and lucky to be on the program and I was speaking with another young adult author with her debut out, um, Indonesian author Meta Kasim, who had a much more glamorous background than me. She used to be a member of an all-female punk band in Jakarta in the 90s, which is, you know, one of wow. the first female bands like that. So she'd written a fictionalised kind of account of that. She said too many people were still alive to make it a memoir. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun meeting her and um, being in that panel and get a few fans from her punk rock star days there as well. So, <laughs> but it's incredibly international and interesting festival and very very friendly as well, I think, because a lot of people travelled in for it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. easy to get chatting to people there. I'd re- Yeah, I'd really recommend it for people. It's really... The only festival you can do in a sarong. Um, but you were saying before that um, it's, uh, you know, surprising considering the, the connections between Australia and Indonesia um, that we don't have more books written here that are you know, based at least partly there. So what did that come up with? Was, um, was that of, of interest over there and people were sort of not relieved but, like, thought it was about time we started sort of, you know, thinking beyond our it, own? It didn't come up so much, but I think when I, you know, mentioned the settings for the novel, yeah, there was an appreciation yeah. um, for yeah. that and, yeah, that definitely appealed to people and definitely that audience there who's, who have often got, you know, more of an interest in Indonesia and Australia's relationship with Indonesia. So, but, yeah, didn't come up in and of itself. Yeah. And so um, just as it is your first book and, you know, a lot of work goes into something like this, a lot of dreaming, a lot of planning, a lot of drafts. What's it been like walking into a shop and seeing your book there and, what have the reactions been like? And just what's the experience been like for you being a first-time author? Well, it's been really thrilling. I've got to say in particular, like, the launch. Like, yeah, just love that night. It's great seeing your baby out in the world, but also all the support you get from people, not just writing friends, but people, just, yeah, people you've known um, throughout your life who just want to sort of celebrate um, getting that out in the world. So, and I think, particularly after COVID, a lot of people were like, 
yeah, looking for a good story and, you know, really happy for me. So that was really delightful. It's been great talking to booksellers and hearing their thoughts on it and the reactions there. Um, I guess when you hear from, you know, teen readers who've really loved it and that kind well, of thing. That's happening. Adult that's... readers as well. Yeah. Um, adult readers as well who've really loved it. And that's been quite that's been quite funny too because sometimes they're like, oh, I know it's a young adult book, but it was really good. You know, it's kind of but. like they think because <laughs> yeah, it's young adult that they're not going to enjoy it if they haven't yeah. previously read any young adult fiction. So that's been quite funny and, and quite lovely as well. I've got to admit too, it's also equal parts, probably not equal parts, a bit less um, scary as well, you know, like there's moments of terror also. But um I've been told by a few people that unless I was a complete psychopath, everyone, you know, feels that way. So Mr. Elon Musk or um what's his <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, and, and have there been any surprising sorry, go on, what were we saying? Probably won't name names with that. No. Um any surprising yeah. reactions or like what what are people readers uh, there's some themes or scenes yeah, that readers are picking think, up on I think because I work in the justice system and so topics like this aren't scary to me like so I don't think of them as particularly you know confronting or anything so you deal with confronting stuff every day but I've had some people say oh I didn't think I'd enjoy this book as much as I did because I think they think oh it might be a bit you know scary or Something like I that. didn't think so, I'd enjoy trafficking as much as I did. <laughs> no. <I'm not> <laughs> no. I think yeah. Maybe some people who, you know, might shy away sometimes from, yeah, more hard-hitting topics. topics. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. all down to the fabulous writing prowess of Louise Bassett, who's managed to make it uh, take a serious topic but handle it in a way that is, both adventuresome and exciting um, and poignant and um, very human and and entertaining. It's not like you're going to read, you know, an article out of the monthly about trafficking. It's um, not that I'm sure that wouldn't be entertaining and enthralling in its own way, but nothing against the monthly. Um, But anyway, yes, well, good on you, Louise Bassett. When's, um, When's the second one coming out? That's the question we all love to hear when we've just finally... Yeah. Got someone to publish us. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. So, it's yeah, and another YA. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. It's a survival thriller set in a youth justice boot camp. So I've gone for something like yet again. Is it going to require seven months research in Fiji or something conveniently? Up no, in Peru, it's, it's set in South Australia, so maybe oh. a trip to the Flinders Bay, a wine country there. along the way. Yeah. You know? Not yeah. quite as exotic, so yeah. <laughs> but thanks, Jackie, for those those kind words. Um, My pleasure. And, yeah, I'm just honoured to, to talk about this book. Um, and it's just I know how um committed you've been to your writing, and and you just you know you take it very seriously, and you work really hard at it. So it's so nice to see the book get published, and for it to get such a great um response. It's uh. The beginning, I hope, of the whole shelf in the YA section of Louise Bassett books. 
Thanks, Jackie. Really appreciate your vote of confidence. Yeah. Oh, I won't take that as any pressure. <laughs> Firstly, my second book, I'm still buying a tax lotto ticket just to back myself. But anyway, whatever. All righty. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, words and nerds. Yeah, thanks, Jackie, for chatting with you. And thanks to the listeners for tuning in. Hopefully you did stay tuned in.